And I remember one night sitting there and my little chihuahua, she's a chunky 15 pounder. She (laughs) was sitting on the bed with me and I'm crying and she was just sitting there staring at me and I can still see her with her, her big brown beady eyes and she's licking my tears. And I remember the feeling of she thinks you're the world. You are like her universe. Look at, she loves you so much. Everything else stops if you're not happy. And it was this epiphany, aha moment. Why don't you love yourself like she loves you? And that was really kind of the beginning of the journey where I said, I've got to start loving myself. And I did. I started doing things alone. And I'd never gone to the movies, had dinner by myself. I'd never, since I was 18 years old, not been in a relationship. Welcome to the Persistence You podcast with Lisbeth, and that's you as in university. But we're much more of a community here. I'm your host, Lisbeth Meredith, author, speaker, and online teacher. Each week, I'll be delivering stories from amazing survivors and strivers, all threaded together with a dose of persistence. So glad you're listening. Huge welcome back. This is season four already. We're already at episode 133. Can you imagine it's been more than two years since I began hosting Persistence You with Lisbeth and a tiny little change coming up in October will be that once a month, I will present to you an amazing survivor of true crime that I you know, do in my day job let them tell their story of resilience and persistence. It will be not instead of my original podcast, but incorporated into my podcast where we have someone not talking about the criminal, not talking, naming the person and giving them more attention than they deserve, but talking about going through something unimaginable and emerging with new skills, maybe a new community, maybe grit that they didn't even know that they had. And it's something that I just am so impressed with every day when I do my job that a person could experience the unthinkable and still emerge stronger than ever and rooted. And that's something I don't want to hoard. I want to introduce you to some of the people that just wow me. So anyhow, find out more, join me at my email list at lameredith.com. And I really hope you enjoy Maureen Scanlon. I love being on Maureen's podcast very recently. And you can see on YouTube and in this episode that she is just so much fun. A lot of fun down to earth. And what she has to say about becoming our own best friend could really, really be useful. We need to teach children this early on. The world is so much less disappointing when we're not putting our expectations on other people as deeply as some of us do. So anyway, Maureen has a lot more to say besides just that, but she is a fabulous relationship coach and she has a couple of books where she talks about the fact that everything she knows about relationships, she learned from her amazing dog. So do tune in. Thanks so much for being back with me. And I look forward to hearing from you soon. Thanks so much. 
Maureen Scanlon, thank you so much for being here on Persistence You. I adored being on your podcast a few months ago, and I waited for a while because I knew you were moving across country, but it's terrific to see your beautiful face. And also, I just want to introduce my audience. I'll link up to our interview on your podcast, but in addition to being a podcaster, you are a life coach with your own business. But one of my favorite things is the title of your books. My dog is a relationship coach. That's one of the books. The other book that has the dog theme is My Dog is More Enlightened Than I Am. And now you have a new book that's out. Can you tell us as a new grandmother again, uh, can you tell us the title of this children's book? Absolutely. So the dogs obviously teach us unconditional love. If you want to learn about life, you don't even need me as a life coach. You just go and look at your dog. But the new book is a children's book and it teaches mindfulness and self-care. And it's called My Dog Bexley is Just Like Me. And it teaches your children that it's okay to be scared. It's good to take a nap and eat when you're hungry and drink when you're thirsty and have fun and just be you. So it's going to be a fun little book. It's in process. It should be out uh, by Christmas. So it'll be a great gift for all those grandbabies and children. And it is for uh, the, the younger ones, six and under. So it's the younger um, children. That's so. so great. Was it fun to do something completely different besides writing for adults? It was. And as we were just talking off air, you know, as a life coach, I'm helping the adults kind of overcome a lot of the childhood stuff that we all go through. And it it really dawned on me, like, let's just start from, you know, the the basics with um, stage one, which is when we're kids or when we have our kids, let's teach them from the beginning that it's okay, because so many of us I think we're getting better in the world, our generation, energetically, mindfulness, you know, yoga, meditation. We're getting so much better at accepting that we get to be who we are and feelings are good. And we can talk about stuff, therapy, life coaching, counseling, all of it's okay now. And we have the crisis line 988 to, you know, if you have a mental health crisis, you can dial that. So this is for me, joyful that we can accept mental health awareness. Um, and let's start with those kiddos and, and let them know from the beginning, it's okay to be you. And as a highly sensitive person, that wasn't something that was embraced uh, when I was a child. So. Right. Well, and you just made this huge move across country so you could be closer to the child who was the inspiration for this book. So can you tell me just a little bit about maybe the move, but also how did you get into being the life coach and podcaster that you are? Because we were talking about the fact that you do some kind of inspirational work and then your podcast deals with very deep trauma issues. Yeah, that was, you know, I I love the name of, of your podcast because really that's what life is. It's persistence. Um, it doesn't stop. Life doesn't pause because we have issues. We're always going to have issues. We're always going to have those challenges and those struggles. And so the persistence is just key. And that was going through my life was figuring out what can I be persistent in? And for me, it was always this nudging of, I need to be accepted. I need to be loved. I was a love addict. I was codependent. I felt I had to 
earn this love from everybody by doing. I was never a human being. I was a human doing. And mm-hmm. so I always thought the way to be loved was to do stuff for other people. And my persistent story was to finally become my own best friend. And this was through domestic violence. My marriage, my first marriage was domestic violence. Um, And then I would date these narcissistic people where, you know, they honed in on me because I was that girl that I will do anything for love and I didn't get anything in return. So the learning to love myself was a long journey. And as I said, just a minute ago, as a child, I never felt I fit in. I always felt like I didn't belong a in my family or b even in this world. It was the weirdest thing. I remember swinging on a swing set at six, seven years old. My grandparents used to be caretakers of a church and I would go to the little playground and I would swing on the swing set. And I remember which is so strange to be that young and to have these like really deep existential thoughts, you know, um, <laughs> swinging on the swing and, and just thinking, what am I supposed to do? What am I going to be? What am I, what am I going to do in my life? Like who thinks those things at six and seven? And I've learned a lot about highly sensitive people. And there's a really great documentary on on Netflix, if anyone's interested in figuring that out. It's just that we have a we feel deeper. We we've taken people's feelings and you and I are talking how you you take in people's energy and their stories and it weighs on you. That's that's highly sensitive and empathetic. And so persistence for me was. I took on so much of everybody else's stuff. I never protected myself or even valued or put myself first. Hmm. And because I was kind of taught that was selfish. You don't put yourself first. You have to be kind. You have to be nice. You have to always um, do things for others. I was taught um, crying is not a good thing. Showing emotion is not a good thing. Uh, suck it up, buttercup. That was kind of the theme, right? You know, of the childhood. So that's really my persistent story was getting to a place, and it took me forty-five years. You know, finally reaching a point where, after finally, I don't know, four or five relationships, where I had to clear everything out and accountability. And say, what am I doing wrong? And stop being a victim, Marine. Stop blaming everyone around you. It's their fault. Everyone mistreats me. Life is so unfair to me. These are the cards I was dealt and it just sucks. I stopped all of it. And I said, what am I doing wrong? I'm the only common denominator in this mess. And that's really when the dogs came in. And I remember just sitting on my bed night after night, just kind of crying, journaling. I just want someone to love me. I just want to be accepted for who I am. Little Chihuahua, she's a chunky 15 pounder. She (laughs) was sitting on the bed with me and I'm crying and she was just sitting there staring at me and I can still see her with her, her big brown beady eyes and she's licking my tears. And I remember the feeling of, She thinks you're the world. You're like her universe. Look at, she loves you so much. Everything else stops if you're not happy. And it was this epiphany, aha moment. 
why don't you love yourself like she loves you? And that was really kind of the beginning of the journey where I said, I've got to start loving myself. And I did. I started doing things alone. And I'd never gone to the movies, had dinner by myself. I'd never, since I was 18 years old, not been in a relationship. Can you imagine? That's huge. That it, well, absolutely. I think there are a lot of people, maybe they don't say it, but there are a lot of people out there who feel the same way. And as soon as a relationship ends, either by death or divorce or however, they're looking to replace it almost like a drug addict because it's so terrifying to be alone. And it can be, it can be lonely. I don't want to minimize the fact that it can be lonely. But what a great lesson it was to look at your dog and to realize that, first of all, you weren't alone, but also you needed to be your own best friend. And I think it does start small with those things like you mentioned, a movie, dinner out, whatever, you know, talking to yourself, even in your mind, like you would talk to your best friend, kind with empathy. Yeah, that's exactly it. You would say, I would say, would you say that to your best friend? Would you ever talk that negative? Would you ever cut your best friend down like that? Would you ever tell them they were worthless? No, you would never do that. Right, Uh, Elizabeth, it was the funniest thing. I remember I started going hiking. I lived in Arizona and I live very close to Saguaro Lake and there was a, a hiking trail and you could go like 20 miles around the lake. And I remember I would go and, and walk around the lake And as I went on this hiking trail, I met all these people, you know, we would have little conversations and joke and it's the silliest thing, but I remember getting back in my car and going, you know, that moment of um, that actress Sally Field when she gets her award and she's like, people like me, they really like me. I had a Sally Field moment (laughs) in my car where I was like, hey, they like me, they really like me. I'm actually kind of funny. I'm kind of interesting because my identity had been, if I'm not in a relationship, I'm not that interesting. And also programming growing up in in a family where divorce was never a thing. You were a couple or what? Because no one was single. And so there was this, this you you stay in it no matter how miserable you are because if you're not a couple you're really kind of less than and being the first person divorced in our family there's this shame factor so right. people will say why didn't you get out of it there's that shame factor how is my family going to think of me how is my friends and and being out in the world I remember going to a coffee shop the first time my ex-husband took my kids for visitation and I went to a coffee shop and I had a book and my self-consciousness was just like, people are thinking I'm such a loser. They probably think like I'm not lovable. And it was the most uncomfortable thing in the world. I didn't realize how self-conscious I was and how much that identity was a part of me. And then I realized nobody cares. Not a single person is looking at me and saying, you know, you're a loser. There's a lot of people out in the world that are alone and confident. That was when it started this journey. And to be able to life coach people and be the voice that that girl needed, that 20-year-old girl needed, that, that girl that was being abused. 
I, I determined to walk down the road and, and when I see women and I compliment them, what if they were in a domestic violence situation? And I say, you're so beautiful or you're so smart. You're so amazing. What if that's the seed that gets them out of the situation that I had been in? You just never know, right? I think that's wonderful. And the idea of becoming your own best friend, how do you think, because I think we have a lot of listeners that can relate to that. Even if people are in relationships, sometimes they can still be very lonely. And I can tell you as someone who's not been married since 1990, that sometimes being alone is terribly lonely. It really is. Or sometimes I have extra expectations on friendships you know, that are just so important to me that maybe I wouldn't have if I was in a relationship. But the fact is, we all kind of need to be our own best friend and our own advocate. So how do you teach that, you know, in coaching? What are some of the things you want people to know, whether they're men or women, about just little steps on becoming their own best friend? Perfect question. I'm so happy you asked. I use the BONE acronym, of course, because of the dogs. So love it. It's fitting. So the B is brave. And I had to be brave. I had to go out there and be brave in that I believed in myself. I trusted in myself because that was a big factor for me. I didn't trust my judgment because I had done really bad choices for a very long time and, and felt like I missed all the signs and all the red flags. So being brave and doing things I'd never done before. I think solo trips are important vacations. Um, me first steps, just going to a coffee shop. That was brave of me. Um, putting yourself out there, doing those things that you just hadn't done. I joined a meetup group and I became sort of the um, tour guide of Arizona. It was for like Arizona new newbies. And I kind of said, well, let me show you guys around. I'm not a newbie, but I was part of the group where I was like, well, let's go do this. Let's go do this. Met a bunch of new people. And that's something I never would have done on my own. That's a great idea. And so smart. And again, when you're focusing on helping someone else, sometimes that can be a great way to, you know, enjoy yourself and make new connections. Absolutely. And you're getting that fulfillment of relationships and social, and then you're not focused on being lonely. You're like, Oh, I need to go home and be alone for a while. I'm, I'm, you know, you're, you really enjoy that alone time then because you're doing something. And that includes also volunteering, you know, at a dog shelter or at a homeless shelter or for veterans or, you know, I think giving gives us more than it gives to those who we're giving to. I just think it's so fulfilling and it's what we're here for. We have purpose and that really fulfills us. Um, O is just observation. Be observant. And I think that's really key is just observe the world around you because we go through something called Sonder and we're so in our little worlds and we're just in a bubble and start observing the world around you. Interact with the world around you, because that's where, when I went out in the world alone, I was like scared. Then when I went on that hike, I started interacting. I started observing other people. I started watching, you know, nature. And I started looking at fun things that I wanted to do and, and, and observing like passions that I had. Maybe I wanted to paint, maybe I wanted to skydive. So 
being more observant of the world around you and not being afraid to like jump in and, and enjoy life more without having to have someone by your side to pull you along. So right. that's a really important one um, and necessary. For me, self-care was never a thing. And it was really difficult because as a single mom, the necessary was just my kids. They were first right. and foremost. I was always last on the totem pole. And when I finally was able to kind of get a break when the kids visited their dad, I was like, oh, wow, self-care. I can take a bath. I can read a book. I can have some downtime. Then getting into meditation or going on a retreat or, you know, journaling, getting a life coach. I think that, you know, having a life coach for, I, you know, not just I had a life coach and then I right. became a life coach. I think it's this maintenance thing that we need a third party to hear us and make us accountable and set goals for us and just kind of guide us along in keeping things clear. We need clarity. So necessary self-care. And then the last one is expected. And here's the problem. We go out in life with expectations. So I expect Lisbeth to do things the way I want her to do. She's my friend. And if I'm upset, she should call me. Well, that's our problem. We need to stop having expectations and we should be expected. So when you're dating, when you go out in the dating world, and this is specifically when I do dating coaching or relationship coaching, is we have to stop putting our expectations on other people. If you're in a long-term relationship, here's something we do, transparent expectation. If my husband loves me, he should know that blah, blah, blah. No, he shouldn't. I should voice it because every day I change. My expectations are different. I have different needs. When you date, here's the thing. Go out dating without saying, this could be the one, or I hope this guy is like a really good, perfect guy. No, just go out with being expectant that I'm going to have a good meal and a good conversation. And anything other than that is a bonus. The problem with dating is, and especially when you're over 40, I think it gets more difficult because <laughs> we we definitely carry a lot of stuff in our little backpack from previous relationships. There are these big boulders, right? Of this was bad. I don't trust. And I remember this guy did this. So we got to take those boulders out of our backpack when we go on those dates and give the person a clean slate, but also not go out there like, feeling desperate that I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. This one needs to work. Just go out with the flow and say, I'm just expecting to have a good conversation and good dinner. And whatever is supposed to happen will happen if it's meant for me. And my favorite line, I tell everyone, if it's meant for you, it will never miss you. I like it. I like that. I think that one for me is not even about just dating. It's about the baggage we carry into friendships later. And so the, I have certain pet peeves that are like huge and, and normally don't even show up. But when they do, it's all based on stuff that happened when I was much, much younger. But again, I expect that people play by my rules, those unexpressed rules that nobody has any idea what they are or where they came from. And yeah. so it's so much better to just really be cognizant of that, to let go of that, to be thankful for what is and not re, you know, not 
make big things out of it. That's just sure. really a harder thing for me well, personally. Or I love even it. just be transparent and honest and say, yeah. Hey, I just want to let you know, Elizabeth, you know, in friendship, this is something I really value. If I did something that upsets you, please don't hold on to it. Tell me right then and there, yep. you know, those are the kind of things. Yep. I can't know what I'm doing wrong that you have an expectation or buzzword trigger on if you don't tell me because I didn't live your life and you didn't live mine. We exactly. Have, we have different experiences. But if you tell me, you make me aware of it and then I continue to behave that way, then we have a problem and then we need to communicate. But you're right. That's the thing. I'm expecting you to know that best friend back 20 years ago did this thing to me and you shouldn't do this to me now. How are you? How in the world is anyone right. supposed to know that? And I think when I was dating, the thing I heard the most from every man was, you're such a breath of fresh air, Marine, because you're so honest. And and they say that, but actually, I think it was because I was so not, I was so non-filtered. I was just like, here it is. Blah. You know, I was like, I didn't, I got to that point where I went from, I really need you to like me to, do you know how lucky you are to be sitting across the table from me? You know, I, 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 I'm all, I'm an all or nothing girl. So I think I really, but it helped. It really helped me to where I finally attracted my husband and he's a gem and it was, he was exactly what I needed. And so I think me being able to rise to that place of confidence and loving myself and, and to that better vibration, I attracted exactly what I was looking for and that person that valued me the way I valued myself. So it it works. That is beautiful. I that is just beautiful. And did we get to the E yet? We got to the we, E, the expectation. We did. Yep. I think one thing I would just add is maybe sometimes part of our expectation is not to be lonely, but we won't be lonely. And I just feel like maybe that expectation could be modified to say we'll acknowledge that whether we're with someone or on our own, that sometimes we will be lonely and that's okay. Yes. I love that. Again, there's that, that self-expectant or self-acceptance thing where just like, you know, mindfulness is acceptance of being in that place of life is that way. Things are going to come across our path that don't always feel good, but we can acknowledge them and then we can own it and be like, huh, I'm feeling kind of lonely today. And then we can work past that. It's when we stifle it down or cover it up or what do we do? Escape with drugs and alcohol and overeating. And that's when the addiction starts because we're running from the things that don't feel so good. And it's okay to say, lonely. What should I do about that? What could Mm -hmm. I do about that? So going from problem focused to solution minded is what can I do? Should I join a group? Should I get on Facebook? I have a group called mindfulness and positivity seekers. And we have like a chat group and people all the time hop on there and they're like, Hey, I'm feeling this certain way today. There's so many ways to, to technology today that you can reach out to people and they're there on the line that they feel you and they're there for you. And I'm always available to anyone who's like, Hey, Marine, I'm feeling kind of lonely today. And I'll be like, let's talk, let's talk on the phone. Let's, let's chat. Let's get on a zoom. I'm there. So there's I love it. Love this. Well, where can people find you, learn more about your books, or connect with possible coaching opportunities. Hop on that Facebook group, whatever it is. Yeah. 
pretty much everything. I make it very simple because I have ADHD, so I cannot remember a million trillion different things. So lifecoachmaureen.com, pretty easy. Books, podcast, uh, life coaching. You can even book a session right there. Pretty simple. All my books, Amazon, um, um, Al Skirts Press. You can buy the book on my um, webpage. Um, mindfulness, positivity, Facebook, uh, Maureen Nelson Scanlon or Life Coach Maureen. Both of those you can find me. Um, I'm not hiding anywhere. You can even just Google me and I pop up somewhere. <laughs> I love it. You're highly Googleable. I, well, you know, I, I try to be visible. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for today. I'm really happy for you that you have a new grandchild and with that, a forthcoming new book. But it's just good to keep in touch. And I really appreciate seeing you again. I appreciate you and everything that you're doing in this world. You are such a light. And I just, I adore you. And I miss your face. And I'm so thank happy. You. Thank well, you. I'm, I'm yes, yes. Thank so you. I'm honored. So, Here's my friend Maureen. Has she moved in yet? So, so precious. When that came across, you know, you guys, this is the thing. You don't know when you're going to cross paths with people or why. And it's always aligned for a reason. There's always a reason people cross your paths. And then when they cross again, you know, it's synchronized. And and when you cross my path again, I was really like, oh, where's my girl? Because I'm kind of, you know, scatterbrained in the way that when it's in front of me, I'm all about it. And then everything kind of goes. And I'm so for you, for you to kind of come back. I was like, Girl, and, and you're amazing. And guys, please, please follow Elizabeth because everything Aww. that she's doing is fantastic and Thank bringing you. such light to this world. So I'm so proud, proud to know you. Thank you. And vice versa. I really appreciate this. You have a delightful, delightful week. Thank you, love. Is she not amazing? I absolutely love Maureen. If I lived where she lives in Texas, I'm telling you, we would be having coffee on the weekly. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Being our own best friend is so important. Also learning to become our own advocate after hard times. That's what I wrote Grounded in Grit about. And it is for sale now, wherever you order books. So Grounded in Grit, turn your challenges into superpowers. Maybe something you'd like to read if that fits your description. Have a delightful week as ever. I appreciate any words, uh, ratings, whatever. And join me at lameredith.com if you haven't already. Still appreciate you. Have a great week. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed it, feel free to leave a review. And if you've really, really enjoyed it, Go ahead and subscribe, and I'll see you next week. Proud member of the Podnougan Network.